0: Hey guys, welcome to Nerd News Now, joined this week by Miss Jen and Kyle. Uh, How are you guys doing? Did someone steal your hour too, or was it just me? Uh, Uh, No, somebody stole it. Man, it's like uh, I had to work at uh, 6 a.m. on Sunday, and that hour really would have come in handy, and I'm still missing it, so... I know a lot of people, like, it just hit them today because, you know, they work Monday through Friday jobs. Um, but I was missing it pretty hard on Sunday, for sure. What, what are your feelings, Miss on Daylight Savings Time?
1: Well, I don't mind it so much. It was weird. I don't know that it's ever that I can rec- recollect run into spring break the way that it has. Because on Sunday, like, I, I teach the first hour of Sunday school, little kindergartners. And there was only two and I couldn't tell if it was because of daylight savings time or spring break and people were traveling or what, but it was kind of a weird eerie ghost town.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure they'll have the numbers next week. I don't know how many people are traveling for spring break. I mean, I know Texas was hoping to draw in travelers, um, by loosening restrictions a couple of weeks back, but, um, when you're an adult spring break doesn't really exist uh, so well or every week like, which you we look at it true. Sure.
2: well it's like florida did some stuff to curb their spring break which is weird they reopened and then they're like oh you can't buy beer in the state of florida at a bar unless you have an in state id
0: and are at least 23 <laughs> i didn't hear about that was that like they just now did that like today or what yeah it was it's a covid restriction yeah. Because
2: they're trying to keep college kids from coming down there and bringing their COVID.
0: Oh, well, but they've been pretty open this whole time, though. So it's kind of weird to <laughs> try to clamp on the spring break. Right. No, it's, it's exactly, it makes absolutely no sense, but it's Florida.
2: It doesn't have to because Florida. It, um, does,
1: it feels like it's kind of gotten that way, though, right? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. This is my cone of protection. You can't, whatever. You can, You just can't come over here. Unless you're from my hood, <laughs> it's gone that way. Well, Unless for, you're in for your some,
0: pool or your pod. yeah. I mean, <laughs> like that, but but I people have been going to Florida this this whole time. So, what what yeah, is uh, oh, go ahead. No, it's Florida, like yeah, they have Florida. people who people's faces off on
2: drugs. Like, I don't expect Florida to make sense ever.
0: Yeah, but that makes sense in the opposite way. Like, it's like, hey, we're trying to be responsible, but, like, too late, too little, too late type thing. (laughs) Yeah. But um, what about Ohio? Are they trying to keep spring breakers out, or do they welcome everyone? with? No one comes here for spring break. (laughs) We're the people who go to Florida and Texas and Mexico because it's still cold here.
2: It's snowing right
0: now. Um. But is it cold by your definition of cold? Because you were scoffing at the uh, snowpocalypse here in Texas.
2: No, it's it's not cold by my definition of cold.
0: Okay, that's good. But
2: uh, it is cold by the uh, dictionary definition of cold.
0: What, what's the latest that it usually snows there? Does it snow into April? or? Um, we've
2: had snow at the beginning of April. It's uncommon. You know, uh, we occasionally have the April showers thing turn into April snow showers. But like I said, it's pretty rare. Um, where I'm at, close to the lake, it's a little later than, say, Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton areas where it's a little more, you know, it, more inland, more protected from the, you know, giant water masses. Um, so it's it's always a little weird. Um, the latest I can remember snow happening is early May once. But that was, everybody was running around, sort of like Texas did during their snowpocalypse. Yeah. It's like, it's snowing in May. The world is actually ending. <laughs> this is wild. Um, you know, but it, it, it's super rare. Uh But then on the other hand, like, my dad cut the grass this year in February. So climate change is real, I guess, is the moral
0: of the story. Yeah, sure. But, um... And then I think this hurricane season starts tomorrow, Jen? It feels like it.
1: Of course. Why not? We had super dense fog this morning.
0: The, the fog was brutal. Um, yeah. Like that, that fog at 6 o'clock uh, was awful. And then it's like simultaneously cold and humid and sticky. So it was a weird combination. And that doesn't burn off to like 10 a.m. Um, Do
2: kids in Texas get fog delays from school? Uh-uh.
0: No, no, th- this is particularly bad right now. I don't know if it just has to do with the uh weather or you know with with the one hour change today or this week or with uh just fog coming here for spring break, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: one of those other weird things that must be that's probably an Ohio, Indiana, Michigan thing. Like we get fog delays for school. And it's cuz the fog is so dense it's unsafe for buses to drive down country roads. They can't see where the ditches are. Yeah. Makes like sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense but I'm like I don't know any place else in the world where that's a thing. No,
0: Maybe.
2: there's you know know that like
1: Ventura that during the winter is like that.
0: Yeah. Oh but God. um so Basically what we're saying is nature is trying to end us. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, I've been saying that for years. I'm allergic to most of it, so <laughs> yeah. Um I will tell you this though. I'll give you a pro tip for surviving the time change.
0: Uh-huh. Just don't go to bed. Well, I almost I almost did um, that. It, it got to be it got to be like four o'clock. And I was like, Well, should I take a one hour nap? Or like mentally I'm at the age where if I, I can I have to get if I can get a few minutes of sleep, I can pretend that I went to sleep. Because yeah. if you stay up, uh, like there's just a certain point where you just like, I've been up for 20 hours. It's just not good.
2: I had a friend who worked for, uh, he was in uh, uh, the IT department of a major refinery, oil refinery. Uh, and he always had to work the time change. So he always had to go in and work and make sure all the computers reset their times. Because the computers were how they monitored all the safety levels and stuff at the refinery. So if one of them didn't work, that's a big problem. Right. And so he always had to go in and check those. And he always used to tell me, Kyle, just not going to sleep during the time change. Just go home and go to sleep at like 6 a.m. You know, and just nap all day Sunday and you're good. It's not going to bother you. And I'm like, that's, you're full of crap. Like, I didn't believe him until I started working in radio and I had to work the time change. Because in radio... Uh, When we add an hour, somebody has to be there to make sure the commercials are loaded twice for that hour. And when we don't work an hour, somebody's got to be there to make sure nothing gets cut off when we lose an hour. So I always work the time change and sure enough, you're just not going to bed until like 6am and then sleeping all basically off and on all day Sunday. Like I go to bed at 6am, get up, go to church, go back, go to bed. Like that's how I did it. And sure enough, I hadn't, I've never had a problem since because I just worked through the time change.
0: And and some people say it affects them for like three weeks or so to get adjusted. I just I think I'm just constantly behind on sleep, so it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> Those yeah. are the people who are currently trying to get laws passed to abolish daylight savings time.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, where it just I mean I don't really know what it does. I like it when it's darker later. I wish it would just be like that forever. But
2: it had to do with the agrarian calendar. Yeah, you got you got an extra hour of sunlight in the morning when you were harvesting and you got an extra hour of sunlight at night when you were planting?
0: I mean, well, harvesting place me is going to water burger for taquitos in the morning. So I don't really know if I need <laughs> light to do that. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it's why, it's why America's still on the 180 day school year. It's all got to do with the agrarian calendar, which is less and less relevant than it used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, which. with, I wonder if people would just go for, like, a 30-30 split and then we just leave it. Like, we adjust it 30 minutes once and then just leave it forever.
2: No, because then we would be on Newfoundland time. And Jen knows this from dealing with me. I'm on Newfoundland time anyway half the time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So what would be better for you, then? Just to... Um, You don't mind the change, or what?
2: Time is an irrelevant Um, construct. If everyone could get behind that, look, we just work when we're awake, we sleep when we're sleeping... <laughs> it's irrelevant the rest of the time. Uh, it would be best for me because that's my life sleep while they're at work just to like make things even easier, right? No, it's I've gotten into the routine, especially in the last six months, where when I'm awake, I'm awake and I'm working and I'm doing things. When I'm asleep, it's because I'm tired and I need to sleep for a little bit. If I sleep for half an hour and I get back up and I work again, I work again. So it's time is an irrelevant construct. Made up by
0: robots to control us, I think. It's it's working. I mean, the, the robots totally control us. I mean, it, it's working. That's why when people, you know, were worried about the vaccine as far as tracking and all that stuff, it's like it's already in full effect. We're already, uh, can we, yeah. Can we talk about a vaccine story? Sure. Did you, did you guys see no. what happened when Yo-Yo
2: Ma got his second dose? No. He
0: I took his cello. Go ahead with and him. tell me.
2: He took his cello with him to get his second dose, and then he sat down in that 15-minute waiting area and played Ave Maria and Bach's cello concerto for the people sitting there and the people working there because he's like, I wanted to do something nice for the community. Aww. Yo-Yo Ma is a national treasure. Yeah. And by the way, if you've ever heard Yo-Yo Ma play Bach's concerto in D, uh, cello concerto, um... On the west wing or on any of his recordings, he plays it tempo perfectly, just sitting at this covid ward like at this thing it's perfect it sounds like the recording. I think the man never makes a mistake so that was my that's my vaccination story yo yo ma rules
0: yeah, I heard about that that would be that would be really surreal i mean we we've all been in surreal situations over the last year, but that would pretty much like top it it's just uh that would be crazy. Uh, I think they should have live music at all these vaccinations. Because some of these are lasting, like, you know, 12-hour sessions, not necessarily for people but coming in, but for the people working there. I mean, it's like an all-day event. And then um, – The yeah.
2: one here in town, um, one of the big sites is our local university, University of Toledo. And they actually were piping in the MAC men's and women's basketball tournaments. So that you know, people who were waiting in line and people who were, you know, waiting to be able to leave could watch them. I thought that was cool. I mean, it didn't really work out for them too well because both teams kind of got, you know, they didn't they didn't fare so well, and they're both in the NIT. But you know, at least they did something. When I yeah. was there, all I had to watch was TikTok. Well, uh, they they
0: could have just put TikTok in there then. I mean, enough people are on it, but um, hey, it's March Madness, you know? Like, it's not always going to work out. Didn't It hasn't worked out for any of my teams. And then my pro team <laughs> hasn't won in 16 games, so that's like all year pretty much. I don't have a pro team,
2: but I'm a degenerate gambler, so this is my favorite time of the year. <laughs> oh, you
0: don't follow the Cavs? No. No. Uh,
2: I, You yeah. know what? I used to when they had uh, – Was it Gary Payton who played for the Cavs for a minute? No. It was the other guy who had been at Seattle with Gary Payton. Uh, Sean Kemp. Yeah. When they had Sean Kemp, I used to follow him, and I used to follow the Pistons when Grant Hill still played there.
0: Yeah. Then I stopped following professional basketball. Not a LeBron fan or what? That wasn't enough to bring you in? I mean, isn't he Ohio's favorite son? No. I... I mean, I remember the, the whole
2: – there's this kid over by Cleveland who's really good at basketball and is going to be, like, the guy. I remember that, and then I stopped caring. Um, when, when I liked the NBA, it was Grant Hill and Akeem Olajuwon and uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc. You know, those guys. Like, th- those were my guys. Reggie Miller. Um, I was like, I was young and then I got out of basketball because I stopped playing basketball and started following football and baseball more seriously. Um, When I realized that, oh, you have to run a lot to play basketball. Not a big fan of that. I'm a foot taller than everybody. Can't I just stand here under the hoop and you
0: guys throw me the ball and I score? (laughs) That's what what Yao Ming did. Um, But I I am a very biased Hakeem Olajuwon fan, obviously being from Houston, but he is so good that no one complains that he was picked number one over Jordan. So that's how good he was. Yeah, no, I uh but
2: I follow college basketball decently during the season then really heavily starting in about February. You do that and, now? Yeah.
0: That's uh, right. Like
2: I'll follow college basketball at that level. Like I'll watch any game that's on starting in about February.
0: So, what do you think about uh, this year's tournament? Because it's already like super weird. People are dropping out like during their conference tournaments, and still getting yeah. or not, and all the seeds are just messed up.
2: I will say this: the Big Ten's coming for everybody. Yeah, uh, there are more. There are more teams in the bracket from the Big Ten than any other conference. Nine of fourteen, or something like that, made the bracket. Um, we had – at one point we had potential for three number one seeds to come out of the Big Ten. Like, it's the strongest conference college basketball. However, I don't think right now anybody
0: is going to beat Gonzaga. And uh, – The best offense they've had in a while. This is the best offense right. they've had in a while. Um, The team out of Houston is pretty special this year.
2: Uh, They're saying it's the best team to come out of Texas since Five Slamma Jamma. Like, (laughs) that's not nothing. You know, um, so, like, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to watch in this year's tournament. The fact that Duke and Kentucky and Louisville – well, not Kentucky, but Duke and Louisville and a bunch of these teams aren't in is really odd. And then the other side of it is – yeah, we got to watch who gets bumped out. So the, the Big Ten did is they sent all the teams that were in the Big Ten tournament to Indianapolis. They played the whole tournament in Indianapolis. Well, all of March Madness, the whole NBA, all NCAA tournament is playing, played in Indiana. So those te- all, all of the Big Ten has been bubbled and in place for an additional two weeks. So none of those teams, unless there's some sort of c- protocol break, should have a problem. But it's all these other teams that are traveling in. What's going to happen? You know, and then it's, yeah, they've got teams on standby to come in. Should a team not be able to make it?
0: Yeah, it's, you just kind of throw out the last two years of sports as far as, I mean, I I still validate all the championships and stuff. I'm not saying that. It's just like, it's been really weird for sports Mm -hmm. since, you know, since last March, Um. Well um thank you for tuning in to Nerd News now yearly sports special um we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll on from now but so look uh i don't know what's going on i know the oscars were announced yesterday mm-hmm. people have feelings uh, you know about that because they always have feelings um we, we just got to give a shout know, out to my buddy steven Young. yeah i haven't uh, i haven't seen it yet like Every time I watch that trailer I'm like I'm going to watch this movie but but I but I haven't had the heart to watch it it looks awesome. I mean there's so many movies I really have wanted to watch and catch up on and typically I put it all off and then Cinemark does like a 2 week you know slam where they put all the movies in there and you buy like a $40 pass and you can see them on the theater but I don't know if they're doing that this year or not or if I'm just going to have to piece this all together via streaming. Um, yeah no I, I haven't seen it either but like it I as far as I know
2: this is the first person I've ever met who's been uh, nominated for an Oscar after I met them
0: oh you're a good luck charm there you go sorry
2: well no I it could be a really bad luck charm <laughs> like, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. but it's one of those weird things right you're like oh hey I know that guy oh hey that's an Oscar nomination huh okay that's weird
0: you uh, know. yeah. And and to say that he's in a tough category would be a, an, an understatement, right? Because yeah. not like obviously Chadwick Bozeman is, is the favorite uh, to be posthumously nominated, um, and that would be quite a cap on on his you know career that was you know tragically cut short um, for the lead in Ma Rainey's Black Model. But then, but then on top of that, you had the oldest nominee ever of. Anthony Hopkins for the father was he 83 now, I think. So, like, and the, the father's free- really good, yeah. And he's really good in it. And then you have Riz Ahmed for the sound of metal, and then, of course, some guy named Gary Oldman for Mank. And it's just like, uh, what a that's probably going to be the most competitive category, I would think. I mean, it's just really tough. and I, I'm just so far behind. Miss Jen, have you seen any of the movies that... You've seen way more movies than me the last year. Have you seen any of these movies that are getting buzzed for Oscar noms?
1: I haven't heard any of the ones that you're talking about.
0: Really? Not not any of them? Well, um, Maureen's Black Bottom's on Netflix. That was Bozeman's last film. And then Anthony Hopkins, like I said, is 83 and delivers a powerful performance and, and the father and also like just you can tell most of these movies are just emotional right and then minari is the steven yoon movie that we're talking about um and then gary ullman from mink and uh sound of metal about a heavy metal drummer slowly going deaf is a uh, stars riz ahmed so that's for best actor and then um you know, like if you haven't heard of that one, let's see. Uh, I mean, Godzilla didn't get nominated. Sure. King Kong didn't get nominated, so you might—they're not, not out. They're not out. They don't qualify. Somebody <laughs> no, got. Don't.
2: Somebody got on Twitter and was like trashing the Oscars or the Golden Globe. One of them <laughs> for not being nominated. Oh, somebody was trashing the Grammys for not getting nominated, and their record didn't qualify. It came yeah. out two days after the cutoff date, and he thought he qualified, so he starts trashing the Grammys.
1: Oof.
2: I didn't see who that was. Uh, it was one of the dudes that used to be in One Direction. Okay. But back to things that are relevant. Uh, guys, the Best Picture category is going to be Nuts too. Uh, I've seen one, two, three, four of the, what is it, eight? That are nominated one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Yeah, I've seen half of them. Um, And it's going to be a tough
0: category. Have you seen Nomad Land? No, I haven't. So I've not seen. So so you've heard of these.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Francis. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm not always in contention. So
2: So I haven't seen Mank. I haven't seen Minari. I haven't seen Nomad Land. And I haven't seen Sound of Metal. Uh, but I saw the trial of Chicago 7. I saw a promising young woman. Uh I saw Judas and the Black Messiah, even though like I literally just saw it two days ago, and I saw the father. So
0: how uh, which mm-hmm. one what, what, Ms. Chen?
1: What did you say? I did say promising.
0: How was that? It was shocking. Terrorally. Yeah.
1: They did to really tell you that you're going to
0: be watching
2: a forensic files. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Having not seen the four pictures I've not seen, it's between the father and Judas and the black Messiah for me. As much as I want the Trial of the Chicago 7 to win because it's an Aaron Sorkin movie, um, I don't think it's got a chance. Although, ironically, Sasha Baron Cohen nominated for that and not Borat, too.
0: No, but but that was nominated for uh, – that was nominated for something. Oh, that was uh, – the lead actress got nominated for that. And also for Adapted Screenplay, Borat got nominated.
2: Uh, I don't – so the lead actress, have got Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Audrey Day in The United States versus Billie Holiday, which is a great movie, especially if you like Billie Holiday and you know her story already. That's uh-huh. a great adaptation. Uh, Vanessa Kirby in *Pieces of a Woman*, Frances McDormand in *Nomadland*, and Carey Mulligan in *Promising Young Woman*.
0: Yes, for leading role. But uh, so for supporting oh, so role, supporting role. Yeah, yeah. Maria Maria Bakalova was nominated for Borat's subsequent movie film for supporting. Against, uh, she's got a tough category. Glenn Close for *Hillbilly Elegy*, which really did not. It got the opposite of good reviews. A lot of people were just like, "Nah." Uh, the trailer was very interesting. Um, and then Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and then Yoon Yo-Jung for Minari. So I don't think she'll be winning, but the fact that an actor or actress in a Borat film got nominated <laughs> tells you uh, what a uh, triumph that was. And then, of course, it got the fact that they got a, a script uh, nomination as well is crazy.
2: Well, the last movie I saw before the pandemic, the last movie I actually saw in a movie theater, is nominated for Animated Feature. So I'm, auto- I'm automatically in for Onward to win Best Animation.
0: Oh, yeah. It was,
2: uh, what a good film. That was it was great. I, all of the rest of these I've had to get screeners of or pay to stream or whatever. Um, but that was the last one I saw in theaters the day before Ohio shut down theaters. What,
0: uh, what else is nominated against that? for animated over the moon okay uh sean the sheep movie farmageddon
2: <laughs> soul uh disney soul
0: and wolf walkers i've seen the trailer for wolf walkers so many times and i i want to watch that um sean the sheep i never saw the original but i think that was nominated and or one oh when that came out um that, that's along the lines of, like, Wallace and Gromit, right? You're from the same yeah. creators or animation style and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all about the Oscars, not because I have a vested interest in who wins. I just like to be, you know, kind of given that path to, hey, watch these movies. I think it's a good showcase for a lot of people. So, uh, One other interesting category
2: to me, at least, is music original score score. Uh-huh. Because there's some really great, uh, really great scores and stuff. But on two films, Nine Inch Nails are nominated. Uh, they're nominated for Mank and they're nominated for Soul. Because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross worked with John Batiste, who's a friend of mine, to do the Soul uh, score.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Trent Reznor has been nominated. A few times, right, in the past? Right, but I don't
2: know that I've ever seen Atticus nominated with him, which means Nine Inch Nails is nominated for an Oscar. Right. Oscar-nominated Nine Inch Nails.
0: Singers of Head Like a Hole. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be able to say that, like, forever. Yeah. I mean, they they both make some uh, good stuff. You have yeah, There's a lot of uh, artists from bands that you wouldn't necessarily think would be great at scoring films, but they just are. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, a musician, so, <laughs> like, yeah. but, uh, so that'll be fun. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna try to catch up on all that stuff. We'll see. I usually get, like, you know, 70% there, and then just have to throw in the towel. But I at least try to start with the Best Picture nominations, because that's eight movies, you know, that's fairly doable. But you gotta, like, piece it together from, like, Eight different streaming services, pretty much. So well,
2: and so the the not the 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 one that always to me I so I'm a screener and a voter for film independent. Mm-hmm. Um and by the way, anybody can do it, you just gotta pay the fee. But you get you get screeners of movies that you can watch and then you have to vote on, you know, otherwise you like I don't know. I don't know what happens, I've never bothered. But um, you know, that's the independent spirit awards. Which is movies made like through things like Focus Features and Fox Searchlight and these small, really tiny movies. Uh, but the fact that Nomad Land, Minari, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom are all independent films, you know, they didn't come from a major studio. They're nominated for Best Picture, but they're also not for, as independent spirits, but also nominated for Oscars, shows what the independent movie scene is coming to, you know? Yeah. So it's you know, to me, I think it's interesting.
0: And that's always sort of been like the the artist's dream too, right? Like to be able to put your message out there without having to go through all the cutthroat studio stuff and you know, revision after revision after revision to where you don't even recognize your film anymore. So I think it's well good. like
2: sound the one of the fun things about the film in, the independent spirit awards is there's a nomination for best feature, but then there's a nomination for best first feature. So you don't get lumped in with Francis Ford Coppola or whoever, you know, if it's your first time out. So like the Sound of Metal is nominated for best first feature. So like that that's the first time out for these guys or at least for some of them. And you know, they've got this movie that could win a bunch of things, you know.
0: Yeah, um yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot historically going on for sure and I'm just I'm interested to see it just looks like it's going to be some really tough categories for like I said best picture and then best actor for sure. So a lot
2: to there's uh, one uh, other award that I just you know kind of want to throw out there just because it matters to me again yeah. is the John Castavetti's award at the Independent Spirit Awards, which is given to the best feature film made for under half a million dollars. Okay, uh, and it's The Killing of Two Lovers La Leda Negra, uh, Lingua Franca, Residue, and Saint Francis. Of which, uh, I'll say it here Saint Francis got my vote. A uh, really great movie if you get a chance to watch it. Just throwing that out there.
0: And when did, so when did those come out? I mean, were those in the last calendar year? Or were some yeah. older because of COVID? Okay. Um,
2: not they have, the have a little bit wider window. But um, it's still the same kind of calendar year. Gotcha.
1: There's something I expected to see on the list that's not on the list, though. What is that? Uh, the midnight sky George Clooney where he he's terminal and it looks like everyone has to like skedaddle off planet to avoid some kind of like earth change that's going on and it's just him le- left alone on this like polar uh, observatory station or scientific station it's kind of like a very inside his head thing it's really amazing I I'm kind of mad that he didn't get a get a nomination for that. I remember being being done with the movie because I saw it at the movie theater. I remember being done with the movie and thinking just give him an award.
0: I'm uh I'm still upset that Sam Rockwell didn't get nominated for Moon, so
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Maybe they should just do like a category for the lead actor who gets stuck on the planet for two hours or whatever. <laughs> But Moon was awesome. And that's what that kind of reminds me of. From what you said, I mean, I know you can't say everything because it was it, right? But, yeah. Um, yeah. Wasn't there some uh, sci-fi thriller with Bruce Willis that didn't work? What is uh, that? I
1: totally watched that this weekend. I'm... How was that? Uh, well.
0: It, it was a thing. It's yeah.
1: funny because, you know, with the two big names that are part of it, it's like him yeah. and Cabrillo. You think, okay, well, it's they, put some, they threw some money at the actors. But what it kind of read as is that, I mean, the both of the main actors did a great job acting, but it looked like it was at the detriment of having an actual uh, budget for costuming. <laughs> it did look like they got together a bunch of guys from, you know, Uh, face off and then uh, the sci-fi channel like make a costume cosplay shows and said make costumes for us and then it looked like they got together a bunch of my son and said hey you're pretty good at animation do these animation parts
0: (laughs) (laughs) so what so it was half animated or what it was mixed no i mean
1: like the cg stuff that they had in it there are some parts that are amazing. And then there's other part that, parts that look like it was done in film school where there's like a person standing on top of a ship in space. And as they walk, you can actually see the top of the, of the ship change as where they are walking as part of the green screen part. You're like, Oh my word.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that that's a couple of things that can kill a movie are effects and, uh, Costume design. That's why there's <laughs> Oscar categories for this thing. Attention to people who made Venom. Listen to what he just said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when does Venom 2 come out, by the way?
1: I don't, know. I don't know if they've even talked about Yeah, I don't even know if they've started shooting. I thought they had
0: because, like, Circus was attached to Direct. Mm-hmm. And then, But yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, well, the only other movie news I have is like twenty years old, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, <laughs> Avatar, Avatar rebecomes the highest-grossing movie ever. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you guys feel about that? About a movie being able to be eligible for box office totals for forever? I mean, it's it's sometimes it's kind of cool, like for Empire Strikes Back to come out, you know, like during the pandemic and kids being able to see it who haven't seen it before and then it wins box office because absolutely nothing came out that week but like are they just going to keep going back and forth with with you know Avengers and Avatar because it basically opened in 3 days in China made 21 million so it went it jumped over Avengers which had 2.71 billion and now it's at 2.81 billion so i mean should this be a thing where it can just go back and forth forever or <laughs> The problem is, is the precedent is set, right? right. Like, My thing is, is if you're going to count
2: second-run screenings as box office, which we do, because if you don't count second-run, there goes all your small independent theaters that can't afford first runs on these big movies and all your drive-through theaters and all your drive-in theaters and everything else. So you've got to count them. But at the same time, if you do, that means James Cameron can go back to the well as often as he wants and release it in six theaters in Japan just to get the record. And I think that's garbage. Um, So my, my thing is if you're going to let it happen, then I don't know why Disney doesn't just leave Avengers in theaters in perpetuity. Leave it open. Like don't pull it out of theaters. Like if somebody wants to run it, let them run it in perpetuity. Like, you know, license it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll run it in my house in my backyard on a projection screen, and I'll charge two dollars, and I'll let you know how much we made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You should count literally everything, or you should only count opening weekend.
1: And now you've got the added complexity of streaming at the same time for these things that they've they've opened on the same day. Are they going right to forever add that too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're just
0: going to bounce back and forth forever. I mean, the thing about Avatar and Avengers is they're under both under Disney now, right? So it's mm-hmm. like they have uh, the whole land of Avatar in the parks. So they're probably not worried about, you know, which one's one and which one's two. Um, and then on top of that, I'm sure that when we finally get a Marvel movie again, yeah. uh Black Widow, um, that someone out there is going to do like a 21 movie marathon. So, you know, Avengers will have another box office. And when Avatar finally comes out, they're going to be doing, you know, those back to back too. So those movies are not done by a long shot being in theaters. And then, you know, they'll probably be every five years or so on the anniversary of the film. But uh, uh, those are both Two big event movies because I can't even. Avatar, I saw it once and it was so long ago. So if the trailer for the new one comes out and I want to see it, I'll probably go back and rewatch the uh, the first one. It's a pretty movie. You know, it was just three hours of like, at the time, it was awesome. Right. Um, I guess it had better effects than that Bruce Willis movie. So that's one going for it. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but that's, I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what? Um, I, that's pretty much it for uh, for movies. Are you excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Friday?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Is it gonna do? Is it gonna drop the at Thursday on at 3 a.m. like they're doing WandaVision or what?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's typically what they do. Yeah, I, I mean it's like uh, I think it's it's 2 a.m. Texas time, and it's just it's. I did that for the last WandaVision. It's really uh, hard to stay up unless I just decide not to sleep. But uh, I don't know. Um, I wish it would release like at midnight across the board, but then that would be like 10 a.m. Pacific and they wouldn't do that. So I kind of wish on this one. I I know that the strategy is better to do it week by week, but I kind of wish on this one – uh, that they just released it all at once, only because we expected this to be out last October, right? I mean, this was supposed to be mm-hmm. the first that that kickstarted everything, and then WandaVision got ahead of that. My main question is, I feel, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll avoid spoilery things in this discussion, but I feel like there may be some stuff that pops up that's fallout from the Black Widow movie, which no one's had a chance to see yet, so. They I they recut to... it. Oh, they recut the Black Widow movie.
2: Or no, they, they recut,
0: recut Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, so what are, are they going to do a theatrical re-release for that too, and then beat Avatar with that or what? Well, no, it's uh
2: they took out there was some uh, uh, some stuff that you needed to see Scarlet Witch for first or not Scarlet Witch uh Black Widow for first that they took out. Okay and added in other things that otherwise maybe wouldn't have made the cut. um, From what I understand. Uh, But I am cautiously optimistic with this one, which is kind of my default setting with these things, because as is well... uh, Well documented on this particular program, Mm -hmm. I don't generally like the superhero movies or TV shows. uh, Because I am one of those crotchety old men that says, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Um, but I'm cautiously optimistic for this one because Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are so good as these two characters, so believable as these two characters, that even if they choose to tell a story which I feel is unbelievable, I feel like it'll
0: be believable. Um, so I'm super excited for it. And this is going to be way more, you know, MCU fan targeting than than WandaVision was. And I know how you felt about the first two episodes of WandaVision uh, being kind of so off kilter, and then going to the more traditional uh, MCU formulas. I, I really think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is just going to be a hundred percent MCU formula. But I still hope sure. It- <laughs> but
2: those two characters are one hundred percent MCU formula. Yeah. Like the thing about Wanda Maximov and Vision and the Scarlet Witch and that whole story is that it's so out there for Marvel Canon anyway. It gives you an opportunity to be out there. Falcon and the Winter Soldier are just Captain America 1B and Captain America 1C.
0: Yeah.
2: It, it you know it's if you, if you don't lean into that, then you're, you're doing a disservice to those characters the way I felt like they did a disservice to, you know, to the characters in WandaVision. So you can't, you know, I get that I'm saying I want my cake and I want to eat it too. But, like, part of it is the history of the characters, right? So I get it. It sounds hypocritical, but trust me, it's not.
1: I think I mean, that I heard that I was the most excited about is that they're part of one of the central themes they're going to be addressing is whether Captain America is even relevant anymore in the current the current part of Marvel universe that they're in, whether Captain America means anything
0: I'm I'm guessing which way they they'll go on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing which way they'll land on that. But uh but uh
2: But it it begs the question is Cap uh, now looking at the Marvel Universe and comic books, how relevant is Captain America Mm -hmm. right now in comic books? And I don't know that he's got the same relevance he had 15 years ago. I don't know that people care as much. You know, there was some interest right there around the beginning of that Nick Spencer run where that led into Secret Empire, but even that faded pretty quickly. You know, and then, oh, Tanahasi Coates is going to write him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of went nowhere. So, you know, the question of Captain America's relevancy in current comic lore is, 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 is definitely worth discussing. The thing about it is, and this is, this is the joke I make when I say it's Captain America 1A or 1B and 1C, is that his relevancy in the entire mythos is still incredibly important so if they diminish it in this then uh as i'm so fond of saying i'm not going to like this so
1: the only thing i'm really hoping for and this is a hope against hope is that i don't care if it's in the first or second episode they can wait till the very last minute of the last episode i just want a shield that happens like there is an organization shield and old man at the helm.
0: What you well, dropped? Who did, did you want at the helm?
1: I mean, it's going to be Evans, but as old man Cap, because that sets up another storyline that I can't wait to have happen. If it really, gonna, if they're going to go there.
0: Um, what about the Hydra Captain America? Because that's been thrown out there a lot.
1: Sure, because that's where that leads. That's where that storyline leads.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the whole uh, multiverse that they lean into that, um, but also Kyle, you you always have uh, the Snyder Cut to look forward to this weekend as well. So
1: he's so quiet.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it's getting good reviews. Someone- I'm going to watch it in small increments, probably, and just just see what happens. I think with that one,
2: I uh, unfriended what? someone on Facebook. What
0: uh-huh. over
2: this. Because they put the picture of Steppenwolf from the Snyder Cut next to the picture of Steppenwolf from the original release and said, I'm not convinced it wasn't Sabotage. And the, the person to me said, well, if you knew how bad the first one sucked and you had three years to fix it, wouldn't you just fix it? Yeah. It wasn't Sabotage. It was a bad movie. <laughs>
0: What I mean, I'm I'm wondering I, I'm wondering how long into starting it that I just switch over to Tom and Jerry because I still haven't seen that yet. I watched Tom and Jerry twice this past weekend. That's good. That's promising. I like that. And then and, and next week is Godzilla and Kong, right? <sighs> if it wasn't for all I'll tell you, th-
2: this is how serious I am about being angry about the Snyder cut. Okay. <laughs> if it wasn't for all the other movies that are going to be released on HBO Max. I would cancel my HBO Max in protest of the Snyder cut.
0: There's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in seeing on it. (laughs) so um, On HBO Max, so, yeah. But, like,
2: it's got The West Wing, but I got all those on DVDs. It's got Friends, but I got all those on DVDs. It's got, you know, the only thing I don't have on DVDs is The Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon, which are on there. But, like, there's so many great movies coming out and stuff like that, series that are coming out on there that are exclusive to there that, yeah, it's, I can't cancel it, but
0: I would just to boycott the stupid Snyder cut. So wait, are we, are we, are we watching this or not? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, I guess.
1: (laughs) If I can find a way to watch it, that doesn't mean I have to get HBO max.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll loan you mine if you really want to watch it, but, uh, if I could find a way to somehow get paid to watch it. Yeah. Even yeah. then, I probably wouldn't watch it. <laughs> oh, no! They can switch. There I'm, are I'm, things that are worth... Yeah. My soul is worth more than some money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's true. So I might I might just have to take one for the team and watch it then, I guess it sounds like. Which, you know, if it comes in one-hour increments or a four-hour dose, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I have no idea. Um. And Miss Jen, there's something about like a, a King Kong prison that they showed. Is that like a final clip teaser for the film?
1: Yeah, and then I, I, I know I sent it to you guys, but I didn't want to open it because I feel like we're getting close enough that
0: don't to spoil that, that it. Yeah, trailers
1: might have so much in them that I it like okay, why well, watch the movie now? So I've been kind of like usually the final cut for any trailers that they put out, I won't watch because I usually feel like the final cuts usually I have just too much in them for me.
0: Yeah. Um, And then I think they, they recut like a WandaVision trailer to show you all the spoilers, right? To try to get you to watch it a second time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a really short one. And it's mostly, you know, full in your face Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. gives me, chills. Because you're like, now I can understand wanting to go watch it again now. Now, knowing what you know, <laughs> it's kind of fun to and watch.
2: I've been considering doing that. I've been considering rewatching it all this week. Just to say, okay, I'm gonna give it one more breath.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But I don't know if I can bring myself to do it, or if I should just continue watching reruns of '90s shows on Disney Plus. Like, (laughs) I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, either way, sounds like a win. Honestly, like it, it it was a good show, but I don't. I rarely rewatch. Something anyway, so
2: I definitely it like I love it. a rewatch,
0: but like I love a
2: rewatch when paired with a podcast to talk about rewatching, yeah. You know, like I love like the Office Ladies podcast and the West Wing Weekly and Fake Doctor's Real Friends, and you know, these podcasts where you're rewatching a show with the people who are on the show, yeah. Um, so I don't mind a rewatch and like. I perpetually have things like the West Wing and Friends and Parks and Rec on repeat. But usually it's a sitcom. And we've, as we've established, one of my qualms with WandaVision is that it fakes you out by making you think it's going to be a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that sits in my realm of things I want to watch.
0: What what do you think? This this is random, but what do you think is the best current sitcom right now on the air? Is it Mr. Mayor? It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I'm a big fan
2: of Keenan, which I know isn't good, but I like it because Keenan Thompson.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Young Rock needs some work, but is decent. Um, see, I always think NBC is the place for the sitcoms. But Fox has a bunch of really great ones, too. Um, So, you know, for my money, it's Mr. Mayor, I think I would have to say. Um, However, there is some stuff coming from, like, FX and some of those networks that I think could really be special.
0: Currently on? Like, readers? No, 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 no.
2: Like, that could unseat Mr. Mayor as the best thing currently on
0: yeah dave right dave looks really good have you seen have you seen season one it's awesome no oh it's fantastic definitely not the traditional sitcom but you know just a 30 minute comedy but it's right really good um last few minutes of the show i'm just gonna turn it over to youtube to talk about comics so miss jen go for it is i think spider-man's like a twitch streamer now or something
1: Oh, uh, his silly costume! Hold on, Give me a. Let me get my list real fast.
2: Okay, I will say that the new Spider-Man costume makes me not
0: like him. And and this is just like in the.
2: Uh, I never the- thought I would have. A, I never thought I'd pick up a Spider-Man book I couldn't find some joy in, and I'm wildly concerned that this may be it. Did you like? Non-stop? However, I did not.
1: I like nonstop. Nonstop is a good one.
2: But I think I think to judge a series by the first book in it is a mistake. So just because I didn't like it doesn't mean I won't like it. Uh, once I read issue two, I think that will shed, shed some more light for me.
1: All right. So number ones that appear this week. The uh, quest number one by Freddie Williams Second, That one is an Aftershock book. I was going to interview them today, but could not make that happen. Uh, Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade. Which Black Knight, is kind of interesting how much they're using the Black Knight again. I wonder what they're trying to say to us. Just like with the man thing. They're doing the man thing a lot. There's a Captain America anniversary tribute.
2: Superman Red and Blue. Yeah. Is this week? Um, that that looks Interesting. Um, it's their answer to Batman black and white
1: mm-hmm.
2: with Superman stuff, the art in it looks incredible. Um, ultra mega number one from skybound, uh, very excited about,
1: um, no, if I can get excited about just because I feel like this, this group, these two people work together a lot and I feel like all of their books are in the same vein. So, uh, Maria love Hero Psyche. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's one. It's a number one that's not on my list. I don't pick up many books from a blaze. Who's the publisher on that. So uh, that's going to be one of those that if it pops off and people like Kyle, Hey, this is something Then I'll just have to go and try and pick it up later. But uh, you know, not, not on my list, Uh, but on my list, our uh, uh, Vietnam Horror from Behemoth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and the person Jen talked to earlier, uh, Midnight Western yeah. Theater from Scout. Yeah. it's also a-, a Vietnam Horror I told people to be watching out for like three weeks ago or four weeks ago when it was on FOC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the Makins.
1: Weirdly, it is not on my list in any way. I have no idea how I missed such a thing. Which one? The Vietnam. It would have been something I ordered, mm. but it's not on my list so. <clears> at <throat> all. There's a new.
2: You get Radiant Black number two, so maybe they will explain what happened in Radiant Black number one. Mm-hmm. Uh New turtles. What? Let's see what else. What else is there?
1: <laughs> There's the ro- uh, last run in director's cut.
2: Yep. Uh, Abbott okay, so
0: 1973, number
2: three. Guys, if you, we're if you haven't...
0: At, where are they at on The Last Ronin? Like, how many issues was that supposed to be? Was that already done? There, so there are only two people... out. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. But they're already doing a director's cut?
2: Number one has sold out so many different ways that they're doing a director's uh-huh. cut, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, guys, if you're out there and you're watching this and, you know... Uh, you haven't read Abbott Volume 1 from Boom Studios, uh, go find Abbott Volume 1 from your local comic shop and then pick up Abbott 1973. There are two issues in. Number three comes out this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's one of the single greatest stories I think I've ever read in comics.
0: Is there like a, a non-spoilery, you know, pitch that you could give me because I haven't heard of this. So. For Abbott?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Abbott is set in Detroit uh, just, the first volume is set just following the race riots um, in the late 60s uh, and it's a black reporter working in a newspaper and she's investigating a series of grisly deaths. Uh, As it turns out, she may be more connected to those deaths than she would like to admit or realize uh, and the cause of those deaths may not be of this world Uh, and it's the thing that's the thing that's killing the people is also hunting her, unbeknownst to her, and it triggers uh, an enormous amount of personal trauma in her life.
0: And and that's that's just one miniseries, and then they came up with like a volume two or a second. That's one.
2: volume that's volume one. Volume two follows her story a little more, uh, a few years later.
0: So. And that's from Boom Studios, right? Boom Studios.
1: See, here's the anomaly. I've had this happen before, and I don't understand what's going on. So here's Vietnam Horror, number one. In my order queue, I ordered it back in February. And I ordered ten copies. There's none on this invoice. Zero.
0: I'd call Behemoth.
1: Something's going wrong. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Was it supposed yep. to originally come out back then, and then got delayed, or no?
2: Nope, that's the order date. No, I, I is Behemoth on FOC, or are they or are they just an initial order company?
1: That's a that's a good question.
2: That used to happen to me all the time. Is I'd get stuff uh, that I wouldn't conv- commit uh, on my initial orders, like the way I should, and then I they wouldn't be on FOC, and I'd wind up being screwed.
1: You know what I bet? I bet it's coming in next week. I bet you because I missed the initial order on it that they're, they are they always penalize you a week.
2: Mm-hmm. I bet you that's also from Behemoth Paranormal Hitman number two, which is uh, The Sopranos meets The Ghostbusters. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, I'm excited about as well. And They Fell from the Sky number two. They Fell from the Sky from Mad Cave was very good. Jen put me on the Mad Cave. Now I'm kind of obsessed.
1: So good, right? All of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish Jen hadn't have did that. I'd be I'd have more money. But I also have really good comics now and uh, a new friend named Manny. So it works out all right.
1: Well, don't listen to me now as I tell you that you should start be start picking up all the heavy metal stuff because there's so much. Oh, I've
2: been doing that for years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I've been reading everything every metal put out since they relaunched Tarna. Four years ago,
1: mm-hmm. Savage Circus comes out number I think number four. Mm-hmm.
2: Then when Joe Illich got there, I'm like, well, now it's just a lock.
1: Yeah. So, last um, was like Dorman, which was like forever ago. But I love that book from them.
0: So these are a lot of indie and small published books, which is great. Is that uh, are, are, are the big two sort of like in a lull until they have their typical summer events or what?
2: Oh, no. Uh, I just uh, think you're talking to two people who have a preference in one direction. Right.
0: Um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out Abbott. That sounds awesome. So Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, DC just came through a great big event in Future State, and now they're on this Infinite Frontier thing that is – really interesting and fun but if I'm out here recommending books to people I I don't think the big two need my help uh, right sure you know yeah uh, you know, yeah go ahead well no it's just like I said it's right now DC is really exciting with what they're doing uh, you know in the infinite uh, what, it, what infinite frontier mm-hmm. um, Marvel to me is a little vanilla
1: they're King and Black in it
2: right now. Yeah, King and Black is their whole thing. And it doesn't strike me as all that special. So, like, it's fun, but... Nah. Uh, not to say that I don't love Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, but... Nah. So, you know, for me, it's... The Indies right now and DC are kind of where it's at in terms of what I'm reading. Um, but... There is a lot of potential in the Marvel Universe right now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Daredevil has been incredibly good, written by Chip Zarsky. Um, There's a lot of stuff that coming out of this King and Black era, King and Black overarch, that really has some potential to blow people away.
1: You know what's surprising me recently? So, you know, Eternals, number one, came out to almost no interest. It it made no blip. I ordered a lot because I figured at some point, you know, when the movies come out, people will be like, I need that thing. Number two came out, no needle. Just still, I was like, oh, no. Number three, all of a sudden, people now want to pick up one, two, and three. I have no idea what is going on.
2: I know, but, uh, you know, something, a little piece of news that came out this week, that Eternals made yeah. me think of it, but not for the reason I should have. Uh, Eternals has Kumail Nanjiani in it, but that got me thinking about uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Master Kung Fu. They, they ended Kim's Convenience, the show that everybody got to know Simu Lu from, and it's a sad panda day for me as another great Canadian
0: sitcom goes off the air. Now, were they able to do a proper ending? Because it sounds like the cast and crew were kind of taken aback by that. So.
2: The cast and crew are angry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it no, like it, it was. Just, yeah, They lost They lost like a whole season to COVID. And the CBC just decided it isn't the right time to bring it back. Let's just end it where it was. But the original stage play that it was based off of, they've still got a whole other act of. To pull episodes from So it doesn't They don't get the end story And that's kind of the Devastating part
1: Do you think that it, something might happen Like it's happened before For things that ended before they should Do you think another service will pick them up
2: I think because It's the CBC You know and not You know a private Conglomerate mm-hmm. I think it would be tougher I mean, Netflix could always come in and be like, boom, Netflix money. But it is the Canadian Broadcasting Company. It's not like it's, you know, it's why when somebody dies, BBC, it's dead. It's why we never got more IT crowd. Like, yeah. So I've got my doubts. But, you know, again, Netflix could come in with that Netflix money and be like, look, here. Fund your whole network for two years. We just want this one thing, and change
0: it all. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it's you know, it's harder when there's, you know, like you said, that that situation's involved. It can't just leap to another service, and and then now, you know, obviously, a main part of the cast is on to uh, (laughs) something really big. So. We'll see. I mean, maybe they could do a right. special or a wrap up, or you know, something. Yeah, but
2: you know, Appa the, the the guy who played the father, you know, he's in the Mandalorian now.
0: Yeah, you know, and the son is Shang Chi. Yep, for sure. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out there to wrap it up?
2: Um, mm. I don't have any. The only news I have is that there was a DuckTales reveal, but even that's like pretty
0: niche for me. Okay, but don't, that's what I'm doing right after this. So let's not talk about that right now. That's what I'm saying. Even that's pretty niche for me.
2: Like, I don't, yeah. that, you can't talk about that without spoiling it. So we're yeah. not going to talk
0: about it. I'm about to jump into that right after this. Oh, ABC oh.
2: is relaunching, is rebooting the Wonder Years.
1: <laughs> Mark leaves again. Nope.
0: Um, I don't I don't understand how to respond to that, Kyle. I mean, I don't gonna, I I'll now, be honest. I'm yeah. not I'm not sure how to respond to that either, Mark. I
2: I saw the headline. I'm like, no, just don't even think about it. Just keep scrolling. Don't keep scrolling. I can't I got to look at it.
0: Um, I mean, Kevin Arnold is like spirit animal for the time I grew up anyway. So I don't know. So this is, right now.
2: <laughs> although this is going to be set in the same period, just following another family. Okay. Uh, so this will center on a black middle-class family in Montgomery,
0: Alabama in the late sixties amidst the civil rights movement. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm for that, like a retelling. I thought we were just talking about like a redo, but if we're doing like a whole, like, I'm totally yeah. fine with the, the purpose. So purpose. Similar actually, era. Yeah. You
2: know, maybe a few years earlier, but similar era, similar setup. Um, there is a YouTube video here of Fred Savage interviewing the kid who that they've cast as their lead, who is named, uh, it's a kid named EJ Williams, uh, who will portray Dean, the lead in the show. Um, so there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, Fred Savage talking to him, uh,
0: which would be interesting. But... And I still, I don't know, the I'm still not one of those weird weird things. Work got canceled, by the way. Mm? I'm still not overworking getting canceled. Mm. And I can't find quality. I mean, I don't know what happened to working. It got sucked up into the sitcom vortex where you can't even see reruns of it anymore. I didn't Being watch it. Oh, it was awesome um okay well oh I'm, and lee I'm daniels going is going to be the showrunner who is lee daniels who wrote empire oh yeah The no I, I i'm all for it i thought this was just going to be like a generic hey let's reboot this but no i'm that that sounds like enough to maintain my interest in it so did you watch punky brewster i'm i'm two episodes in I keep watching. I keep going back and watching the old ones. Like I saw the refrigerator episode. Was mad. There was no PSA. I thought I dreamed this two-part episode where there was a gigantic spider, and I mean like giant. And I didn't dream that. So that was like weird. Because what is this like? Punky Brewster meets it or something. Oh, so no, I'm 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 stuck going back to the '80s one, and I need to keep going. The 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 laugh track turned me off on the first episode. But once I got 30 minutes in, I was fine. I was like, that's fine. We'll just do laugh track. Well, there was a track
2: on the original. Yeah. They used the box on the original, which is fine. You know, you can't... You don't change that. Although, I will say this. um, I've begun to notice in sitcoms when they start with the box and don't use it the whole time. Yeah. Like the mash mentality where they start with the laugh track and then Two seasons in, they're just like, no more laugh track. We're going to be serious sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to pick one and stick with it. Like you have to, because otherwise you just. I mean, Mash was. I can't even get into Mash right now. Like I can't do no. it because it's too too important and too much and too revolutionary, and I'll never say... Right, right, no, yet. I'm
2: not saying we should yeah. get into Mash, but I'm just saying like, if you're rewatching Mash,
0: yeah, you can feel the it. switch
2: flip. Oh yeah,
0: it's weird. Yeah. Um Well, so I got to go watch DuckTales. So I'm going to get out of here. DuckTales. But, Hello. But thank Woo. you, Mission. Thank you, Kyle. And uh, thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom of Woodlands Online, sponsored by Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cats Collection Collection. Check out their other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home the best you between the trees, business talk and more. You can watch all these on Woodlands online and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21 over there on your television. All these shows are more on Roku right now, search and add Woodlands online TV to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to the podcast version of our show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google podcast, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. See you next time on nerd news. Now.